Welcome to a very special episode of Xenochat. Uh, I am Tyler, uh, one of the co-hosts, along with Justin. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. And our special guest this episode is returning guest Robin. It's just me. <laughs> just Robin. Only Robin. <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad yeah, you didn't but... leave us. Jeez. <laughs> Please don't leave us. I won't leave you guys. Oh. Yeah, as I said, today is a special episode. This is basically our season two finale. Because um, I'm hoping by the time that this is posted, this should be our two year anniversary episode. So, two years and, of Xenochat. And no, there won't be any DVD releases. <laughs> That would make sense. Though we know that what the special features are. We've already agreed on special features. Huh. Oh, no. Well. Well, we, we decided, you know, bad fic reading would be in our special features, or slash <laughs> Patreon rewards. One of these days. But <laughs> please subscribe to our Patreon. We don't have one yet. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> so today's uh, episode... Um, is actually going to be a kind of a roundtable review of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected, which is a, the new epilogue that was added to the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Um, but before we get into that, um, we'll just go into a little bit of news. Um, so speaking of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, uh, Nintendo released the uh, sales for... Uh, the game and it uh, within its first month it earned 1.32 million dollars in sales so congratulations monolith soft well it's not 1.32 million dollars just 1.32 million units <gasps> oh my bad 1.32 <laughs> so just multiply my bad 60. <laughs> anyway, but yeah let's... it's selling really well like it's crazy to think that a remake of a game like xenoblade can essentially outsell itself like that i don't think the original version sold that amount it's certainly not in the u.s where it didn't even have like i don't even think we got one million units yeah i don't think i i, th I think the numbers for that were much 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 lower but uh yeah it's crazy to see that this is selling as well as it is um at this point it's not too far behind xenoblade chronicles 2 yeah it might but i know a lot of people who jumped in at definitive edition so that's really good. Like I'm hearing people who have never played Xenoblade pick this up and say, "Wow, this is really good." One of my close friends, uh, I've been trying to get him to play Xenoblade for a long time, and he he kind of like he tried to get into it, but it, he it just didn't interest him. But he picked up the Definitive Edition. He even bought the Special Edition because he just said, "Yeah, screw it, I'll buy it." You know, Justin talks about it all the time. Maybe I should pick it up. And then he bought it, and then he was texting me. He was just like, this is really good. I, I'm really into this. I, I can't believe it. Like, I really like the characters. I like the story. So I think it's bringing people into the series, which is great. And I think I think this game is going to help Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and Torna, and possibly X. I think a lot of people are going to be it, are going to be curious about checking out those games after playing Definitive Edition. I mean, it seems like those other games are selling out a bit on other sites too. It might just be that they're out of print, but I, I also like to think that people who bought Definitive Edition are going back and checking out some of the other games too. Yeah, and hopefully that'll encourage yeah, I was Nintendo. Ask to... about, 
go on. I, I was going to ask, like, I thought you had said that uh, two had sold out, but it sounds like it's a speculation. Yeah, like, I'm not or seeing... was out of print, that was... Okay. Yeah, I think it might be out of print, because, I mean, it did come out in 2017, so I don't know if maybe they're just running low on those copies, but, like, uh, prices for it online seem to be going up a bit, at least from, like, Amazon and sites like those but uh i'm sure you can still find it like on ebay i don't think it's i don't think it's gotten like ridiculously expensive it's just it might be a little bit more difficult to find a copy these days just slightly well, hopefully this will encourage nintendo to do some reprints yeah i would love for them to do that love for them to reprint the second game love for them to reprint torna um i think nintendo learned a or hopefully they learned a very valuable lesson in what happens when you actually give the game a chance and market it (laughs) yeah and if you want to get xenoblade 2 on ebay it's still available at reasonable prices yeah i had a feeling ebay still wasn't ridiculous yet (laughs) it's not like retro games right now which those are just skyrocketing left and right yeah those are definitely out of print (laughs) But still, um, I'm glad that it's doing well. I'm glad that many of you are picking it up, and hopefully many of you are enjoying it. I actually just bought a copy of the European Limited Edition. I found one on eBay. Somebody was selling it for a rather reasonable price, and I was like, you know what? I really want that. I really want that record. So I bought it just for that, basically. And $100 record. It, I didn't pay that much. A little less. Oh, okay. $150. <laughs> but uh, it, it's still, like, really nice. It's a gorgeous set. Like, oh my goodness. I, did, I did not expect it to be as nice as it was. The poster is huge. The steelbook is gorgeous. Yeah, it, they really they really did a great job with it. But what's w- interesting about it is the art book isn't a hardcover like the one in our limited edition set. I thought that was kind of kind of interesting right there. Nice. Yeah, I'm super jealous. That set looks so nice. Yeah. Alright. Well, with that said, I guess we can get into our little round table review. Um just first and foremost, this will contain spoilers. Um for well, the base game and for future connected. Listener discretion is advised. But yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. I know I waited until I uh, beat the base game, but you guys, you you finished it f- first, right? Yeah, I yeah. jumped right into Future Connected. I was like, you know what? I cannot trust anybody. This exactly. is going to get spoiled like crazy. So I wanted to just hop in there, play those games, uh, play, play the game, and then just like that way I'll know everything that's going on and I won't get spoiled by anybody. And thankfully I had rewatched cutscene from Xenoblade 1 recently, so mm. the story was still relatively fresh in my mind. Mm. Which is good, because like, if you don't know the Xenoblade 1 story, don't jump into Future Connected. Don't do not do that. Oh, no. <laughs> play play the base game first, and then go into Future Connected. I know it's available from the, from the get-go at the start menu, but just just don't, don't jump into there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, also, if you the main character of it is Melia, uh, which is mostly notable in that Melia kind of plays d- very distinctly. And if you're not used to playing Melia, it can be a bit jarring to have the game suddenly be like, here, 
Go, go for it. You know how to use Melia, right? Great, wonderful, have fun. Yep, and you even get, like, some of her abilities that she gets later on in the game, too, from the get-go. Yeah, you start off at level 60, so she has all her level 60 abilities. I just kind of powered through it and was just determined to, you know, play it. So I was like, I'll figure this out, I don't care, I'm bad at games anyway, there will be no difference here. Yeah, Shulk was pretty much just along for the ride. Yeah, Shulk was just kind of there. Just to have a familiar face. I do like his redesign, though. Yeah, he oh, looks yeah, much that... casual. He, yeah. he honestly seemed much more comfortable in his own skin, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I also really like how uh, how the Monado looks in that one, too. Or rather, whatever weapon that he has. <laughs> Isn't it called, like, the Monado Rex or something? Something like that, yeah. It has a new name. I, I forget the exact name they called it. But he no he can no longer use vision in Future Connected, which was kind of the thing that made me not want to play as him as much. I was like, well, I really like the fusion mechan the vision mechanics in Cinema in the base game, so I was like, oh well, he doesn't have that, so why am I going to play as him? I just stopped playing as him because I'm like, wait, you're not the main dude. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't your story. But I happen to really like Melia's playstyle, so it was it was all right for me. Yeah, once I remembered that the trick is that you just keep using lightning. Uh, it was good. But I guess uh, before we go into that more, uh, the, I mean, the overall story, I mean, it is an epilogue. It takes place a year after the end of the base game. Uh, basically, Melia and Shulk are visiting the Bayana's shoulder, which seems to be, like, the only part of the Bayana's left that's just kind of floating there. And they're I think going... it was, like, I, got, I thought that it was, like, the Bayana's was kind of slowly collapsing or like the head had collapsed and mm -hmm. now like they they were really there for Alkamoth which had been at the head but now mm -hmm. it was at the shoulder. Well mm -hmm. bits of the shoulder is is starting to float and rise up. Okay. And they're and they're going to and they go over there to check that out. Mm -hmm. And also, thing. and also because it was because they had heard rumors that Alchemoth was in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, they were going to go find Alchemoth, or rather, the remains of Alchemoth. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and then on the way, they are shot down by a mysterious beam of energy coming from Alchemoth, and they crash land on Bionis' shoulder. And thus begins their little adventure. Which I think it Gosh, it's a relatively like straightforward thing where they mm -hmm. they mention that they are hoping that they can cure the Telethia, but that isn't really why they're there. They're just kind of it's sort of just to give Melia a sense of closure about mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, this whole story is mostly giving Melia closure and also just giving her a happier ending. <laughs> yeah. 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 She went so through so much loss and the the base game. It was nice that uh, that wasn't uh, repeated in this. Right. Yeah, and you know, they, they bring back characters like Tyrea, which I didn't expect to come back to be honest. I was actually really surprised that they Oh really? I felt that like once it was a Melia story that the only person they could bring back was Tyrea. Right. I just didn't think that they would actually do it. I kind of just figured, oh, they probably just threw her to the wayside, but no, they they did bring her back, and I was actually really happy with what they did with Tyrea. I think that was actually one of the stronger plot points here. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was shocked that they brought back Thielen. Uh, but, I mean, for Tyrea, I kind of forgot a lot about her, because you 
really don't get to know her too much in the first game besides besides like an extra side quest that I failed to do. So I had to pop back into the main game and do that side quest before I uh, continued Future Connected. But I'm glad I... Yeah, that's right. You were like, wait, was I supposed to know more about Tyree? And I'm like, yeah, there's this whole side quest, dude. Yeah, I was like, didn't she try to kill Melia? Why are they like on good ter- or good-ish terms right now? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> but I really liked how they handled Tyrea. I just wish she had been a party member. Yeah. Like, she gets yeah. two, two yeah. of the quiet moments and it's like if she gets quiet moments, she should be a party member. Which quiet moments replace the uh, heart-to-hearts from the main game. And yeah. they're voiced. Yes, and they are voiced. And no anxiety about making wrong decisions. Just... Just a nice quiet moment. <laughs> I always I save right before a heart to heart. <laughs> yes. I know in Xenoblade 2, I, I would say what yeah. I would do is I would save and I would actually see both choices. Because, like, since it's voice acting, I was like, well, I kind of want to hear what each of the outcomes are. So. No, I just blindly go into it and, and just die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would have been nice if, like, you had Shulk initially just to be like, here's your familiar face. And then, I don't know, Shulk gets hurt or has to he has to leave and go back to space as people need him. And then Tyrea <laughs> replaces him. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Because, like, it's... I have nothing wrong... There's nothing wrong with Shulk. He's a good boy. He's a good character. I like him. He didn't do anything or add anything there. Yeah. Just... I guess he motivated Melia. <laughs> yeah. if, if you really want to, like, give him purpose. That. He was just, like, a happy guy who just yeah. seemed to finally not be stressed all the time. Yeah. yeah. His story came to a good conclusion in the main game, so... Yeah. How about this? He's on vacation. That's what he's doing here. Yeah, pretty much. But he's like on a working vacation. It's just he forgot to like bring work, so he keeps trying to make it, and he's like, no, Shulk, stop. <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to be here. But I guess like the theme of um, family and siblings seems to be pretty strong in this one, since you got obviously Tyra and Melia, but we have two new characters that are also siblings, uh, Nene and Kino. Yeah. Nene's the best. Nene is the best. I was shocked at how well Nene was handled in this. Kino. Kino was also Kino's good. Kino's also very good. And it's I it's kind of crazy, because like, I know when they announced to Nupon that they were going to be the uh, main party members, mm-hmm. not going to lie, I... Uh, <laughs> I I kind of got nervous a bit. I was kind of just like, "Oh boy, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have two not just nup on in our party, but no, they're actually really great characters." Yes, and I think like the voice acting for both those characters were actually really good. Some of the mm-hmm. best lines in the game come from those two characters. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they struck a really nice balance between the Nupon's quirkiness that you know we all know and them just being realistic and grounded, or at least grounded in this in in terms of Xenoblade. Yeah. Uh they yeah. they felt really, really great characters. They felt surprisingly real, if that makes any sense. It it felt more like the standard little knop on quirks that are meant to make them cute were just kind of quirks and not aggressive cute being shoved at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good way to like, put it. Mm-hmm. 
like this isn't the greatest analogy so it, it felt more like this is how they talk they sound like this mm-hmm. rather than like this is a forced affliction exactly this is just this is them doing it just because they're supposed to be the quirky cute mascot characters I mean, I don't think Ricky was too bad about that initially, so... But I think, like, with Nene and Kino, they really found their stride with Nopon voices. Yeah. I agree. Yes. And speaking of Ricky, he's not in the game, but he is mentioned a lot. And it's... (laughs) Yeah, Nene and Kino, I don't think we said, are his kids. And what's really cute is that he apparently just brought Kino home one day and is like, this is your new brother. And all of the his, his biological children were like, okay, new brother, great, wonderful, we love you. Yeah, and just... <laughs> it does kind of put his huge family into a different light of, wait, how many others are adopted? How many others are yeah. just Ricky saw a lost Nopon child and said, this is mine now? Because we have the heart-to-heart with Shulk where he's just like, oh, Shulk, you don't have a family? Guess what? You're my son now. <laughs> Ricky is just such a great dad. He is, and when they keep talking about him and all the things he says about like the the original party, and it it's just it's so wholesome. Every time that like they mentioned Ricky, I literally went aw. <laughs> yeah, like so. So most Nopon use a biter, which I, you know Ricky used, and I think Nene also uses. But Kino isn't strong enough, and Ricky had the idea: oh, we can make a shooter out of this one type of berry, and. Now more Nopon who want to fight can, and they could use ether rifles like my friend Sharla used to do. And it's just so cute that he took so much from the original team and brought it back to share with everyone. Yeah, which speaking of, um, like their movesets is very similar to the party members. Like Robin just mentioned, Kino has Sharla's moves, so many of Kino's arts are Sharla's arts, and Nene actually has a lot of Ryan's arts. Which is, you know, also just kind of nice that, like, the cute pink girl has the, um, is the tank. Yeah. She is the one who you're like, no, everyone, go hit her. Yeah, she she can take a lot of damage, and she's also really strong, too. I use her a lot. Yeah. My, my main team was Melia, Nene, and Kino. Shulk was just there to be arm candy, I guess. I don't know why he was there. <laughs> Who's Shulk? <laughs> He's just there to look pretty. But yeah, Nene butts in a lot of cutscenes and just delivers, like, so much wisdom. It's it's nuts. You wouldn't think so, but, like, the amount of times that she's been there for Shulk, or, well, not so much Shulk, but rather Melia or Kino throughout the whole journey is just really, really great. Yeah, I love the one cutscene where she talks about why she's scared of climbing trees. Yeah. And it's like, you, you see that cussing, and you just start rooting for Nene. You're like, man, you're, you're the best. <laughs> and then, like, Nene and Kino provided a really nice contrast since, as they did, their adopted siblings who were like, but we're siblings. I don't know why you have to, like, put the, the, the descriptor of adoptive. Like, this is my little brother. That's my big sister. And it just provided a nice contrast to Melia and Tyrea, where Melia's like, well, she's not really my sister, but I guess she's kind of, but not really. We don't really share parents, but we do share an older brother, but... And Nela's like, so that's your sister. I don't know why you're adding all of these words to that's my sister. Oh yeah, that was a really good dialogue. Mm, Should we discuss another new character? Um, 
Which one of the great new characters? Do we want to talk about Galgar, or do we want to wait on him? We can talk about Saturday cartoon. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. You see him, you think, yeah, you're going to betray us, and then he does. (laughs) Yep. You just see him and you're just like, look at this zealous looking motherfucker. And then he betrays you and you're like, wow, I am shocked. Yeah, no idea that was going to happen. But of course the game treats it like it's the biggest deal ever, so. (laughs) To the game's credit, at least, he's like, can I join your party? And Melly's like, no, no, how about you don't? (laughs) I mean, I thought he was kind of interesting as kind of like a reverse of like the, um, uh, Bionite Order in the main game, how he wanted to emphasize yeah, the, yeah, like half-breeds or mixed breeds of the Hyantia and Homs, but it, he was just, I don't know, as you said, a bit too cartoony and... The basic message of just kind of being like, look, it doesn't matter what race you're trying to push up, if you're trying to push up any race above any other... You're doing something a little wrong there, buddy. Exactly. But yeah, you see him and you're just like, I don't trust you. I held out for about two seconds of maybe they're trying to subvert expectations and he's going to be a really great guy. Mm -hmm. But I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) Because I held my breath for the entirety of Xenoblade to be like, no, Dixon's not going to betray me. He's fine. (laughs) Oh. You'll never guess what happens in Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's one of the main antagonists. And yeah, like, there's really not a whole much to Galgar. Um, you're you're going to see the twist with him coming from a mile away. But uh, yeah, he, he he's there. You see the twist. He, if you want an antagonist, there's your antagonist for the game. <laughs> yeah, I guess the real antagonist would be the Fog King. Yeah, I was just about but to get to that, but... Yeah, sorry. I, I was no, it's okay. Transition. You, you, uh, we could talk about the Fog King. The Fog King is like this weird, like, Masingo-looking thing that appears and just starts wrecking stuff, and people are trying to figure out, like, what even is the Fog King, and that's also the final boss of the game as well. And he has yeah. a really awesome battle theme. Yeah, the music continues to be very good. Do we... But Do we even know he what work... the Fog King even was? Not really. I kind of took the Fog King to sort of be a... Here's a, like... Here's a sampler of what we might do with a future game, just so it doesn't come out of nowhere and could be connected to this game now. Mm-hmm. Without, like, doing anything solid that caused them to be like, well, now we're committed to making Xenoblade 3 look like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, just something where it's just like this is a thing where if we make Xenoblade three, it should touch on this. Yeah, that's kind of what Future Connected feels like towards the end, like between that and then the infamous Telethia. Yeah, I know a lot of people have all sorts of theories, and it doesn't help that there was that interview that came out that says something like this is the future of the Xenoblade series or something like that, and yeah. also the game's called Future Connected. So I know a lot of people went into this expecting some, like, crazy crossovers to happen in here, and <laughs> and that's not at all what this game really does. And I, I personally never went into it expecting that. I was kind of just like, no, this is just an extra 20 hours for Xenoblade 1. <laughs> 
but yeah, maybe like- a couple little Easter eggs here and there. But yeah, the the Fog King, like Bot says, I think is some is kind of like a preview of a plot point that they may touch on later on. I know some people say that the Fog King kind of looks like the um oh what are they called? The weird monsters that you fight in the second half of Xenoblade 2. Um wow, wow I am blanking on names right now. Uh, uh I don't remember what they're called, but are you talking about like the the form dead things? Because I was thinking that they looked like they would, if anything, have something to do with how Klaus was kind of half in mist. Like, I thought that was kind of a connection there. Okay, Mo- the the guys you fight in Morithra. I, I, I kind of know which ones you're talking about, but I also can't remember the names. But Yeah, I can't remember the names either, and I couldn't think of Morithra for s- some reason. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I thought that it was more so, if anything, kind of a connection to how, again, how Klaus is half in, half shrouded in darkness and has the dark swirly mist. I thought, if anything, it would just be like an expansion on what's going on with Klaus being in two dimensions. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I mean, really the way I, I view Future Connected is I feel like a lot of people heard that it was going to exist and were viewing, like, let's say Xenoblade Chronicles was a beautiful, wonderful, like, entree, and they thought this was going to be dessert, and instead it was a second helping of the entree. It's still good, it's still wonderful, but it's, you know, more of the same. It's fine. Yeah. And also, like, they didn't need to give this to us. No. Exactly. They could have <laughs> just given us the main game. Yeah. Plus so I, I, I take this as, like, just an actual little thing for the fans. And it's perfectly fine for that. Exactly. It's a second helping of a perfectly good meal. Um, But yeah, I know a lot of people are coming up with all sorts of theories about what the Fog King is, what the Telethia is. People say that the Telethia is actually the Telethia from Xenoblade Chronicles Cross. So, I don't know. There's all sorts of crazy game theories out there. (laughs) The Telethia is actually the way of existence. any uh any side quests that people found very notable? Oh, there's some fun ones. Um, Thad, the dude <laughs> who looks, who he, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but he looks just like Jin Uzuki to me. Like when you zoom in on his face, it's like the I guess it's like the glasses. I, I his hair is a bit quite a bit shorter, but like I looked at him, I'm like, is that Jin? And I think I even posted it on Twitter. I was like, Jin, is that you? How'd you get here? <laughs> that dude, he's like trying his best to. Impress Tyrea, even though he knows he's got no shot. We all know he got no shot. <laughs> he's like, he's all like, yeah, I need these ingredients because I'm gonna make this risotto for Tyrea. And then we're all like, dude, she's gonna like chuck that risotto into your face. <laughs> like, like, why are you even bothering with this? But he, he is pretty cool because he does make that giant flan for that one Napan. And then I couldn't make a flan that big. Yeah. And then they eat it single handedly. And I'm like, how, how, how do you just devour that thing? Yeah, that, that flan was like three times. The answer to that is probably. I think okay, they literally the say flan, it's three times its size. Yeah. The flan is like a very light dish, so like that that napon just condensed it all. It's now a very dense flan lump in his stomach. That or I mean, like the alternative is is through some means that I'll allow the audience to speculate on. The Nopon was removing the flan as fast as it was consuming it. 
So I think we're gonna go with, like, the dense lump of flan that is in... Like, Nathan, when they consume things, they are, like, com- super compacted in their gut. And that is how Nathan eat giant flan. And also how dark matter is made. <laughs> Nathan are actually just Nibbler from Futurama. I, it, it's all connected. Uh, Nathan are just basically Kirby. They're Kirby and Nibbler. <laughs> it's but- also funny to uh, see Banna in Future Connected. Yeah, I forgot that there was a Banna in the original game at all. Same. Yeah, this was actually my reminder. I was like, oh, wow, there was Banna was in this. I mean, obviously it's not the same Banna as in Xenoblade 2, but right. it is weird to see them. Like, this Banna, what was he trying to do? He was trying to, like, make, like, an energy drink or something? Yeah, he was making, like, a drink that people would be addicted to so he could get a bunch of money. But I loved the name of the drink. Yeah, Banna Triple, triple X or Triple Cross. Because it's just so... That's what energy drinks are named. Like, yeah. I saw that and I'm just like, yep, that's... Yeah, that's it. That's an energy drink. You you did it. <laughs> you set out with a goal and you made it happen. That's very edgy name. But then, like, it did, I forgot. Didn't it, like, make people drunk or something? Or it at least made the uh, Hyendia kind of behave like they were drunk? Uh, hold on. Because I, I know I had a screenshot about that. I didn't like have I think it had different effects on each of them, or maybe I'm remembering that wrong. I know like the one there's like one high empty that you see and he's just kind of flailing around and you talk to his girlfriend and she's just like, Yeah, I don't know what's up with that <laughs> but that girlfriend also kept saying, like, Wow, whatever Bon is selling, it clearly is amazing. He just said it was amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I got that wrong. Uh, what I was thinking of I was thinking of um the one m- it was a machina who was trying to like create a um a cure for it. He was trying to, re- yeah, yeah, that, that's he's trying to like reverse. Yeah, he's trying the to effects. reverse it. I did really like the machina in the game that they kind of showed. Yeah, people kind of haven't really forgiven the machina, but some people are like, "Oh, it really wasn't your fault." You know, no, no hard feelings here. I. I'm a person who really likes what happens after stories, so uh-huh. it's addressed that. It was, here's a society trying to rebuild, and then they had the two groups of Hyantia split, because some of them were like, no, I cannot accept Mecha- uh, Machina. I, like, no, I'm, I'm moving away then. And I thought it was nice that they left rather than they kicked out the Machina. And it was still nice when, you know, Melia has her speech going... Things are different now. We all have to work together. We can't keep holding old grudges or yeah. things will never progress. Exactly. Yeah, that was so nice. Yeah, the dynamic between the Homs, the Machina, and the Hyantia was really, really fascinating for the. Because it was nice to see how things progressed after the end of the game. Okay. Uh, any other um, quests that uh, you guys really enjoyed? Well, there's that one. Um, love triangle so right. to speak yeah where you think it's a love triangle between the the homs woman and the male machina and the male hyantia where they keep going what no I, I don't have a crush on her what are you talking about but then you find out no they really don't have a crush on her what are you talking about like she had just lost her husband and they are just legitimately worried about her and want to make sure she's doing okay. And it 
Xenoblade had like two different here resolve this love triangle side quests. So when you see that, you're already like bracing yourself for what's mm-hmm. going to come. <laughs> and then nothing happens, and it's just a relief of, oh, there wasn't a love triangle yeah. here. <laughs> These were just two men who were genuinely concerned about the well-being of this woman. And at the end, she goes, it's so nice that people still care about me, and I need to remember to not take that for granted. Like, yes, I miss my husband, but there are other people who are important to me. I'm so glad it wasn't another Alchemoth situation with that yeah. one dude there. Ugh, I hated that quest. Oh, where you had to go back between his different- Where you had to pick the girl for him? Yeah, ugh. Yeah, and then in Colony 9, you have, like, the girl who's like, I made a love potion, give it to someone, I don't know. And then you can either give her the guy who likes her, or give it to the guy who she likes, but is actually a jerk. <sighs> there are a lot of- <laughs> There are a lot of quests like that, and there yeah. shouldn't be. There should instead be none. Because <laughs> then we also, of course, have the meta love triangle, where you have Shul- Shulko with Fiora, who he's loved since childhood, or Melia, who he just met, or Ryan, who's the more interesting option. <laughs> Speaking of Ryan, like, they really don't say much about the old party besides Ricky. Like, yeah. They don't find out how they're doing until the very end and then you still don't really find out how they're doing you just see that they're there and okay yeah i was kind of hoping that we get some mention of them mm-hmm. yeah um, honestly mention the previous cast was a thing that i felt was very missing that said and that kind of relates to what you were just talking about i am very glad that melia doesn't show any signs of still having feelings for shulk mm-hmm that all kind of just got, like, shut down. I'm very glad they didn't, like, fall back on that at all. Yeah, I think I saw something on Twitter about people being like, well, wait, why aren't we mentioning this anymore? And it's like, because she's over it, bro. Yeah, I'm like, no, that that's a good thing. And I know when this game was coming out and they showed Shulk and Melia together, a lot of people on Twitter were like, uh, Melia won, LOL. And it's like, no, she didn't. No. <laughs> She didn't, because Shulk is more than just a prize. <laughs> she moved on. And good for her. And moving on is a victory in itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, it was a thing where if they had addressed it, it would have felt like, it's been a year, you're not over this? Exactly. I think the way they I think they handled that whole love triangle really well overall, and I'm very glad that they don't really talk about it in Future Connected. Yeah, the only degree to which I almost wish they did is just a mention to how Fiora's doing and that's that would have been nice like just sh- just Shulk talking about oh yeah like Fiora sh- she's alright Th- that would have been cool yeah yeah. like you know just saying like oh you know Fiora's doing this while I'm here Ryan and Charlotte are doing this Dunban's doing this yeah it would have been nice I Ricky's doing because he's in a different village just a- and then we have Nene and Kino to fill in what Ricky's doing yeah, we just at least we know they are alive and well. But that's about yeah. it. Yeah. And Vanguard is somehow also alive and well, which I did not expect. I always keep forgetting he he survived the the base game. <laughs> yeah, apparently he did. I honestly forgot that too, just cuz he stops being at all in any way important or mentioned after like the first two chapters yeah. and then it's like oh you're still here Vanguard. i forgot about you 
He's like, hey, Vanguard, I thought you were dead. His mustache sa- saved him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, uh, oh, uh, there was that that side quest where we learned that Shulk doesn't have a doesn't know how to use a camera. Yes, that <laughs> that side quest was so was so weird. It's just like I I was shocked that Shulk was just like, what What is this? How do I How do I camera? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, how much technology do you work with? And you you're telling me you don't know how to use a camera. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was one of those moments of, like, you did schizotech real bad. <laughs> it should have just been like, oh, I know how to use a camera, but I'm not great with photography. Like, it's not going to be the best shot. It's going to be snapshot quality. Like, not, what what camera? How? Hmm? <laughs> what is this? Shulk's the reason why Actually, I, don't have a photo. I have a screenshot of Shulk saying... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at a screenshot right now. Um, that's that from Shulk, and it's like a thought bubble that says photos, huh? Wow, I haven't seen any of those since I was at Dunban's house. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They have photos. They are not that uncommon. Or I guess they are, but they're color photos. And by the time color photography was a thing, cameras were more common. And oh, uh, okay. Shulk tinkered with with cameras. He says a camera. Well, I've never actually used one properly, but I have tinkered with them a bit. He's tinkered with his junk in the backyard. <laughs> Just, oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I guess, I guess she'll probably wouldn't be much of a photographer. Maybe Melia wouldn't be either. I feel like Nene should just be like, "What the heck, Shulk? I know how to use a camera. I yeah. take a picture of my family every day." Also, very disappointing that it wasn't like you actually had to take pictures. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you could do that. <laughs> I was so ready. Like, I, I, I got that question. My thumb moved automatically to the camera button. Like, let's go. We got this. <laughs> and then, no, just go over there. Yeah, the next Zelda game should have, a, should have a picture mode. Do you like what they did in um, Zelda, where you can, like, take pictures and selfies of yourself? <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, they have that in Astral Chain, too, don't they? Yes. 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 They do. Yeah, so it's actually Xenoblade's the outlier here. Now, the other fun characters that we got were the Pawn Specters. Yes. Yeah, so ah, yes, the little Pawn Specters. And that's one of the new gameplay elements. Uh, you, you can find a whole bunch of them throughout the world, and eventually they'll help you in battle. So you have, like, this big army of little Napon running around with you. <laughs> it was so and then they can do, like, these crazy attacks, too. It was so ridiculous to have like twelve Napon trailing behind you. It's like, yeah, I loved it so much. Yeah, it's great. I I kept calling them fuzzy lemons and crying about them. <laughs> I love that like they all had a sentence worth of personality. <laughs> yes, that was that was awesome. It was wonderful. They they were great. They they were silly, and I loved them. Yeah, it was the side quest. I will say that, like, I was expecting a bit more of a different gameplay mechanic from them, only because people kept, or, like, the reviews kept saying, like, oh, new gameplay for this mode, and then, eh, not really. Yeah, yeah the pawn, the pawn Spectres is probably one of the main new additions to the combat. I think what happened was, like, we got spoiled in Torna, <laughs> so yeah. we expected, like, a crazy overhaul of the battle system like Torna was. Well, I mean, I guess Torna isn't that big of an overhaul, but it does streamline a lot of things, and it does add the whole tag team thing where you could, like, swap between 
yeah. um, the driver and a blade, which was which was awesome, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, unfortunately we don't we don't get something good. like that with this. Yeah, the plot inspectors basically replaced chain attacks, which I kind of miss those, but yeah, it's still a fun side quest. I enjoyed it. Also, it was like, since I played Future Connected first, it was my first looking at the new map system and how they worked with that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, holy shit, this is so great. Like, they give me a nice little path I can follow. It includes that I might have to go around things. This is wonderful. So I think that might have been most of my warm feelings towards the Pod Spectres that I just loved the map. Mm -hmm. But I... I liked them. It was just like, I have an army of fuzzy lemons behind me. This is wonderful. And they all had different, like, ideas about the leader. I think if I didn't like anything, it was that they were all yellow, when, as we know, Nopon come in many colors. Yeah. It, w- it would have been nice if, like, you could, you can basically, like, differentiate between them, because they look very similar. Yeah. I thought they looked identical. They probably are identical. <laughs> you remember, but, remember that part where it flashes t- uh, when Nene, like, basically tells Shulk that that she had met him before, and it just flashes back to yeah. his kids, and they all look the same. It's like, wow, it, they go through quite the growth spurt. <laughs> at like, yeah, 50. apparently the pond specters never did. I guess so. <laughs> they all have baby face syndrome. <laughs> but I also think that's like. That they partially did that to troll you too, because like I'm sure if if like people saw that cutscene, they would play the original game and try to look for Nene in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like they, they could have recolored some of his kids and just been like, here, these ones are blue, these ones are more orange. But every single Nopon child you see ever in any game is yellow, so you know it it works out where it's like look we're all yellow because apparently we're blending in with omelets until a certain age <laughs> did you two actually finish the quest to get the shrooms yes yes that, yeah you got to fight that big that big monster and it's actually a really hard fight so i think i I'm, i think i did something to like kind of cheese i think i lowered you, the difficulty oh yeah for i was going to play on easy yeah I'm just there. I'm just here for story. I'm okay if my fights are a bit easier. I was... Though I will say that when I switched it to easy mode, I always felt like the game was insulting me. Like I didn't need it this easy, bro. <laughs> you could have made it a little harder. It's fine. But hey, I needed it easy enough to get through that boss. Yeah, that's one of the issues I have with it. Is that it? Like, it gets to a point where you you overlevel many of the enemies, like. Okay, so I think at up to a certain point, um, you no longer fight enemies that are higher level than you other than that boss and the final boss. Mm-hmm. And the only real way to grind late game is to basically use expert mode. Mm-hmm. So use expert mode. And I, and I think like the way it works is when you're using expert mode, you want to lower your level so that when you're fighting enemies, you end up getting more EXP so that when you turn it off, the EXP pool that you have ends up being bigger than if you were to just fight them normally. And it's like, that's such a roundabout and long way to grind. I don't really think that was the best way to go about doing late game grinding in Future Connected. So that that's probably my biggest issue with the game is I, I kind of wish there were more high level monsters for you to actually grind on. 
Yeah. Because it's like, alright, I can't, I'm not gonna, like, spend this much time grinding or this much effort, so I'll put it on easy just so I can get to the end. And also, kind of crazy that if you lose against the final boss, it takes you back to the title screen. Yeah, I guess I didn't do that. I don't know. Or, it's been a long enough time that I've forgotten if I did that. Yeah, because I... It, no, I must have lost they did the exact same points. thing in Xenoblade 2, didn't they? I don't know. By the time I fought the last boss, I was way over-leveled. <laughs> Fair. Which I'm trying not to do this time when I play Xenoblade, because when you're over-leveled and you fight the last boss in Xenoblade, you miss out on a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I'm probably going to run into that issue. Because, like, this playthrough uh, in Definitive Edition, I'm actually, like, bothering to do most of the side quests and the Colony 6 stuff, so my characters are pretty high level right now. They're way, they're way over level 60, and I'm not even at the end yet. Whoops, you're gonna miss out on optional dialogue. Yeah. You just get there and you defeat the final boss in like three hits, and you're like, create a world with no fucking needs for God, you fucking pansy! It is, it is kind of satisfying though when you get to the final boss, you beat them like really easily. I remember a while back, I was playing the first Shadow Hearts game, and there's, there's some really crazy ways you can cheese the final boss in that because you, there's some items that you can have where you can hit the judgment ring like multiple times in a row in any location and then you could buff Yuri so that his attack hits like four times as strong as it normally would. And if, if you use a combination of a couple items, you can essentially have Yuri attack several times in a row at like 999 damage each and just tear down the boss in a couple turns. It's really funny. Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you guys think about the music in uh, Future Connected? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I actually like played it fairly quietly because I was on voice chat with people and I didn't want spoilers, so I played it in Japanese and also kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed out on a lot of any audio information from it, though the battle theme was amazing, and that's all I can distinctly remember. Yes, the battle theme what's, was. What's really crazy about that battle theme is that, like, none of the... It's a long loop, so none of the battles, at least for me, lasted the full loop. So when I played through the game, I played through the entire game, and then one day I went on, like, YouTube, and I listened to the battle theme, and then I heard this whole other half of the song that I never heard before. I'm like, whoa, this is all in here? <laughs> they hid that. <laughs> Speaking of audio, though, how how was the voice acting? Like I said, I played it in Japanese, so most of what I learned is that Shulk sounded much more generic shonen hero than I had been imagining him in Japanese. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the voice acting is pretty good. Uh, it's It's on par with the first... With the first game, like I said before, I think the Napon were really, really well done this yes. time around. Like, they nailed Nana and Kino's voices. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, I heard some of their voices when you were streaming. In case people are, like, going to call me a liar. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to express that contradiction in my statement that I said their voices were fine and then just said I played it in Japanese. Yep, I can hear the angry emails pouring in right okay, now. Yeah, the angry emails that are nitpicking everything I say. Yeah, we finally Hashtag cancel Robin. 
Robin said that. Cancel Robin 2020. Oh, come now. You can come up with better reasons to cancel me. <laughs> um, I, f- I found, like, sometimes Melia sounded a little, I don't know, rusty, but I mean, it, it has been, like, almost a decade uh, since they repri- or she reprised this role. So I, I, But overall, she still did a good job. You know, it's it's funny you said that because I remember the, the discourse over whether or not they got Jenna Coleman. People were like dissecting those trailers like crazy, like, yes. oh my god, she said this one line uh slightly off, therefore it's not her. They got somebody else to sound like her. Yeah, even if they had, like why why won't you just wish the best for Jenna Coleman? Like, I want good things for her. Yeah. yeah, like, people were going insane. Oh my goodness. But I'm glad that they got her back, because she does a great job, just like she did in the first one. Um, she sounds great. Shulk sounds great. They all sound really good. Tyrea also sounds just as great as she did before, if not even a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Since she actually has kind of more to do. She's got more to do. Um, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Just more to do. So we get to see more sides of her. Yeah, her, and her also, I think the lip syncing is a lot better in this one too. I had heard that they redid the lip syncing for the English version. Hmm. So yeah, it definitely shows because it, so it feels a lot tighter here. Mm-hmm. I mean, then again, bad lip syncing is such a staple of the Xeno series. Oh yeah. Gosh. Can you imagine if they redid Xeno Gears and fixed the lip syncing? <laughs> oh like people would throw a fit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that would be Xenogears is so ridiculous with the lip syncing. It's so bad. But yeah, uh, from in the audio front, a definitive definitive edition. Uh, oh, not definitive edition. Future Connected. I can't. I can't think or speak right now. Future Connected is really good. The music is absolutely great. A lot of tracks are from the full. There's some re- returning tracks, but like yeah. the new stuff is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, have you been playing Definitive with the like? new revised soundtrack or the classic soundtrack because i've been playing it with like the revised i've been playing it with the new soundtrack as well okay. that's what i did when i played it yeah i mean and... I, it sounds great yeah. um but i remember i have such fond memories of the old soundtrack that i haven't noticed like wow this sounds so much better it's just been like this still sounds great uh-huh. that's kind of how i am like it all sounds really good both soundtracks sound great i know there's people who will fight you to the death about how the original one is way better and superior, but I think they're both good. Again, I still feel like people have better reasons to fight me to the death. No, I don't think anybody will fight you on that. I just feel like if they're going to fight me, come up with a better reason. (laughs) Just like if I'm going to be cancelled, come up with a better reason. So speaking of better reasons to cancel Robin, uh, I wanted more giant lore. Because we're in the home place of the giants, and mm-hmm. I wanted more lore. I wanted more lore about giants. They kind of just go, oh, they lived here. They used levitation stone. Moving on with our lives now. Yeah. I'm like, no, tell me more. You you keep constantly almost having information about them. And I thought, here we are finally in their, in their home place. Tell me. Tell me about, like, their familial structure, their, their hopes, their dreams. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, <laughs> gonna cry. Also, I would have liked literally any, just 
honestly, what I was hoping for was just a single line from Shulk going, so this is where Dixon grew up, this is where he lived. That was all I wanted. Mm. Yeah. I- I'm just on a never-ending quest for more Dixon. Well, I guess it would have been a little weird to kind of, like, shove in some lore and what was essentially an epilogue, but I I understand. Yeah. I mean, they they could have easily shoved in lore that just kind of never went anywhere. They had other lore that never goes anywhere in the main game. This would just be more of it. I've been saving every mention of giants in my current playthrough, mostly for fanfiction reasons. Entirely for fan fiction reasons. <laughs> you should write the wiki on Xenoblade Giants. I feel like that exists. Let me... <laughs> I'll go here. You keep talking about your favorite and least favorite things. I'll do a nice little Google search. <laughs> Alright, so I guess favorite things about Future Connected, the new Nopon. They're great. Least favorite thing I mentioned before was the end game grinding. I didn't care for it. Yeah, I would. What about you, Tyler? I'd probably agree with with the Napon. I fell in love with them. I did not expect that at all. And just my negative is like, Tyrea should have been a party member. I mean, her her relationship with Melia was so good in this, like the how it the development. But then all most of that development was pushed into quiet moments. So I. The game made me fall in love with Tyrea when I didn't really feel much for her in the base game, but it's like, I wanted more Tyrea. So that's that's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the character development for, for, for them is just really, really, really great mm-hmm. overall. It was, and that's why it's like, we needed more Tyrea. Yes, we needed more. It, I mean, it makes sense, like, it would have... I guess in some ways it would have been awkward for her to join you since part of her quest was like that she was coming to terms with that she wasn't angry with Melia anymore. Uh-huh. So her... If she came with... It was like a, a last member just for the final quest, it would, it would have been nice. Yeah. And would have also fit, but at that point you'd just be like, really? Now I get her? <laughs> yeah, that that's another thing. Um, I don't know where they would have given her to you. Unless they would have done something like what they did with Dixon and Alvis, just kind of have her in your party for, like, one particular fight. Yeah. Like, in in Final Fantasy XII, they have a lot of, here's your fourth character who's just a guest, you can't do anything with them. Uh-huh. And that's about the only way I could imagine Tyrea fitting in. But also, that wasn't a system they have in Xenoblade, so... Mm-hmm. And yes, there already is a much more thorough wiki page for giants than I could have made. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. It is. All right. Doesn't tell me anything about like their familial structure. Or... <laughs> Actually, that's another thing. Like Prison Island, based on the scale of everything, that's probably giant territory. But then, like the aesthetic going on there, which is vaguely gothic, really didn't mention match the like ruins that we see on the shoulder. So. I'm just saying, how come I'm not one of the writers who does nothing but nitpick their giant lore? (laughs) Alright. But yeah, basically I feel like overall Future Connected was just a second helping of an already great meal. That is a great way to put it. It's just more of the same, but that's fine. 
Exactly. <laughs> like this isn't this. Don't go into Future Connected expecting some crazy, some crazy plot twist that's gonna connect all the series together and show how much of a mastermind Takahashi is. No, just this is a nice fifteen to twenty hour little adventure. One final. One final little thing with Shulk and Melia. And she go into it expecting that. I think you're going to have a great time. I had an awesome time playing this. You know, it, I obviously, I guess I'm biased because I happen to really like Shulk and Melia. Oh. So, you know, this was, this is all good for me. I really like the music. I just like playing and exploring the world of Xenoblade 1. And this just gave me more of that. So I really can't complain too much about it. And it doesn't take away from the main story either. So that's another thing. Like they could have, they could have done some stuff where like, oh, this suddenly like retcon something or ruins a plot twist in the first game. No, if anything, it makes the story better. Didn't kill him at all. What was that? Sorry. Zanza's back. You didn't kill him. Yeah, right. They they could have done something like that, but no. Thank goodness they didn't. As for what the Telethia means and the Fog King, who knows? But honestly, I think it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like I said, I think it's at best a little like, oh, we have this sort of story idea for a future game, but they might drop that, and then it might just be like a side quest that you can easily miss. Because Monolith loves its missable side quests. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tyrea. <laughs> I, I played Future Connected right after the base game, so I, got a, I was a little burned out by then, so if anybody else might want to you know, give a have a little break in between, but it was still enjoyable. I mean, I I'm still kind of more partial to Torna, but they kind of did some ridiculous things with Torna, so I shouldn't have uh, put it on that same level. But yeah. it's still really enjoyable for what it is. Future connected. It it really is. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. It, yeah, that's, that's good. it helps make the base game even better. Which is kind of what Torna did, too. Mm-hmm. Torna made the base Xenoblade 2 game even better. It added a lot to Pyra and Mithra. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this game, it adds a lot to Melia's... The conclusion of Melia's story. So, I mm-hmm. think that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it gives her a happy end. It gives her, like, after all the loss she suffered, it's like, you lost your brother, you lost your father, yep. you lost... But you lost your mother way before this. Here, you gain a sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You gain assists and, you know, people now accept you. And they accept you as you. They don't accept yeah. you as, like, this symbol. Which, I, I think that's so cool. Because I actually really like that plot point about how so many people, they weren't ready to accept Melia the way she was. Mm-hmm. And that's just yet another thing that was weighing on that poor girl. <laughs> yeah, and then the coronation at the end and she isn't wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. And it also helps symbolize the idea that, like, the Hyantia are re- ready to let go of old traditions and adapt to a new world. Mm-hmm. So, that's very nice. It is. So, yeah. We at Zenochat approve of Future Connected. I give it a thumbs up. I, I give it a, a five stars. On Kotaku.com. Does Kotaku even use stars? I don't. Does it? What does it use? I don't know. What the hell are Actually, I don't even games? think they re- give games review scores, but 
I, I haven't been on Kotaku in a while. Uh-huh. So don't the quote me on that games. one. <laughs> I've never played a video game in my life. Yeah, what, what's even a video game? You... I give it a Monado out of a Zohar. Nice. I give it three feeling this is it. Okay, well now that we have that uh, the review of Future Connected done, uh, and since this is the season, our season two finale of Zeno Chat, let's kind of look back and kind of discuss what our favorite episodes were this season because we had, um, I think it was about thirteen episodes, not counting this one, um, for this season. Um, so, what were your guys' favorite episodes this season? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna say my favorite episode was the uh, Sitanizuki one because it, mm. I just really liked. Like we had been talking about, oh, we should really do some sort of collab with Retrograde Amnesia, uh-huh. and then we did, and it was just like so nice to have an idea exist and happen. And it was a delight. I mean, all of them have been delights to listen to, but. Uh-huh. It was just really exciting to be like, wow, my two favorite podcasts got together and made an episode. Aw, your favorite podcast. I can't gush about this podcast because I'm in it <laughs> now. Now I can only <laughs> say bad things about it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that was great, yeah, because yeah, Chris and Eric are, were great guests, and I, I love oh. Retrograde Amnesia. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Uh, I, I'm very thankful that they came on to mm-hmm. uh, spend some time with us. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to do another episode with them, and it would be nice to be in it, but also, if I don't make sense in it, then I should not be in it. <laughs> That's... What, about, what about you two, though? You're the actual hosts. Right, my favorite episode. Uh, I actually really like the holiday special, the <laughs> Waifu Husband Wars. <laughs> that one was a lot of fun. It, it was a blast. We had a lot of really, like, crazy well, actually i shouldn't say crazy but we had a lot of like weird episodes that ended up making for a great time like that was a great one i really like the katsukan wrap up that we i love recording that um yeah, why we love Zen- was fun the the anime watch was interesting yes yes it sure was we have to revisit the anime <laughs> not soon, soon, but relatively soon before our our victim plays the Hope Saga. Yes, yes, yes. That's a potential preview for a upcoming episode. Yes. Yeah, we had some really good ones. Um, yeah, the Queer Three one was a great one too. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that was going to be. Tyler's favorite episode or not, but I, I know I really like that one. Oh yeah, it's I had a lot of definitely one of my favorites. I'm glad we were finally able to do it because I think we'd been planning it for like over a year. Yeah, it would be nice to revisit that because I know there's a lot that we missed out on, mm. and I also would just love to hear more people's interpretations of things and either include them in the episode or at least give a nod to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we stressed in that episode, like, there's no real wrong way of looking at a thing in this context. Exactly. So. And, like, what we really didn't want to do is just be like, hey, I had canon this, and then everybody goes in a circle and says you're valid. Yeah. Which, while a great way to, like, make friends, uh, is not a great podcast. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I also uh, liked our interview with Purple Shaw and Anime DV. They were great, great guests to Oh yeah, talk that was to. really good. Yeah, when you when you told me to pick a favorite, I was like looking down the list. I'm like, that was a great episode. It's my favorite. Wait, that was a great episode. It's my favorite. Wait, that's a great episode. <laughs> so yeah, our second season was really, really good. I, I mean, I was able to skip through the drunken anime watch. I'm like, that one was not my favorite. Aww. Might have been my favorite to record, <laughs> not my favorite to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it was way, way too fun to record. Ugh. All right. And what was your guys' favorite episode of season two? I like that, too. I just decided to Dory Explorer the, you know, the show a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Give, give the audience a chance to tell me their favorite, and I can just say, yes, that was also my favorite. <laughs> yeah, definitely let us know what your favorite episode of Season 2 was. Um, yeah. Or just your favorite episode in general. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Just be like, yeah, I really enjoyed the Cosmos episode. Or, hey, your Shulk episode, that sucked. Like, tell us how you feel about the episodes we're putting out, or the content. Exactly. Or let us know if you like any of us, or if you hate... The way we sound on this podcast. Oh, Please don't let me know that. I'll cry. I already know. I hate the way I sound. I will send you a video of me crying. <laughs> yeah, if you guys... And also, we're always... Uh, even though we have, like, a huge backlog of ideas, definitely hit us up if there's some topic you'd like us to, to cover, and we'll uh, look it over and maybe add it to our list of ideas for future episodes. Yep. We have no shortage of plans. Oh yeah, and now, if you have any ideas, future ideas are ridiculous. Yeah, and if you have any ideas for episodes, also feel free to let us know that too, because we're always looking for new episode ideas. If you'd like to be on an episode, say so. We'll yeah. probably say sure. Exactly. Yeah, your the only qualification is basically we're being a Zeno fan. Down for more people, the more the merrier on Zeno Chat. Exactly. <laughs> and it's also fitting that Robin's here with us for the season two recap episode. I guess that's what we're calling it. Um, because Robin joined in season two. I did. After meeting you at Anime NYC and then yeah. tearfully talking about how much this show had like helped me feel like I had friends. And then you, I, I joined here and now I have friends oh. and then stole a roommate from here. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Funny how things, how so much can happen it's in a really short amount wild, of time. Because I like went back and was like going through the chain of events. I'm like, this started because I posted Xenosaga art on DeviantArt <laughs> and met Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just go shit post on every form of media. You never know what will happen. <laughs> exactly. Or feel free to bug us about it. I am always down to have new people. I don't bite that hard, you know. So. Oh, how disappointing, sir. <laughs> oh. oh, that's the sound of Tyler dying. <laughs> Tyler has died. <laughs> yeah, I just died. Alright, I think at this point it'd probably be best if we uh, wrap things up in case my connection gets e even worse. Um, yeah, absolutely. Alright, so yeah, let's go around and if there's anything you guys want to share, any projects, social media, uh, let's do so. Um, Robin, how about you go first this time? Uh, I moved into a new apartment, so I should have more time for hobbies now. Uh, I hope to actually 
update my uh, Redbubble store to have more than literally one design. Oh, yes. So if I do that, I'll be sure to post that and then promote that. Your mask is adorable. Also, send me pictures of Dixon. Yeah, because their mask on Redbubble is really cute, Robin. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's just Shion and Cosmos holding hands. That's my only design so far. I still might share it in the show notes. You can, but hopefully... Hopefully with the success out, maybe I'll have two designs. Ooh. Here's a two hint. Better the than second one. one will be Luca from Chrono Cross Trigger. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Yeah, bot really wants my money. <laughs> Robin really wants my money. That's where it comes down to. <laughs> Alright, how about you, Justin? Honestly, if I could give them away for free, I probably would. I don't care about the money. I'm just like, I know the joy <laughs> of finding rare merchandise and being like, oh my god, you see me! Yeah, yeah, like, Robin made me a, a uh, Luca keychain, and I was so happy about that. I still have it, like, in my room. I have it on display, and it's it's Aww. so cute. It, it makes me smile all the time, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for my keychain. But uh, as for projects, I'm working on... um. The usual grind, like, I'm working on a review right now for a game that isn't out yet, and I would say what it is, but I am under embargo, so unfortunately, I'm going to leave it as game that isn't out yet, but is coming out in a couple days. So, I'll be, I'm working on that review, otherwise I've just been trying to play some games, I've been trying to play the Yakuza games, I just finished Kiwami 2, like, right before we started recording. Oh, nice. So... I'm trying to get through those because 7's coming out this year. Also trying to get through Atelier Ryza because the sequel to that's coming out this year as well. Oh gosh, is that And then I want to eventually get to... Yeah, that's this oh year. Oh my gosh. I'm so high. And then I want to eventually get to Fire Bloom Three Houses since everybody is telling me to play it. Everybody says it's really good. So it is so good. Hopefully I can get to that this year. I am a newbie, but that's what I'm playing right now. and I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought. And what are, what are you up to? Oh, uh, yeah, when I'm not editing this podcast, um, let's see, um, I'm still writing articles, um, I'm also, um, maybe by the time this is out, I'm also gonna be on an episode of RPG Fans Podcast, um, uh, Retro Encounter, um, but other than that, yeah, I've just nice. been delving into Fire Emblem Three Houses. And loving it. But that's it for me. Um, alright. Um, anyway. Um, as far, far as how Xenochat will be for season three, um, our first episode for that will... We're gonna have a baby. <laughs> Wait, say that again? We're having a baby. Having a baby? It's, it's season three, we gotta spice it up. Someone's either having a baby or dying. Oh god. <laughs> We got we got to jump the shark this season. The baby will have a wedding and then die. I don't I don't know. Jesus, what? We have some plans for season three. <laughs> Not a baby or a death, but we've got some plans. <laughs> We're adding a laugh track. A laugh track. Adding a laugh track. <laughs> oh god. Well, now I'm gonna put a laugh track right. It should be something more wholesome. Let's let's say something like we're gonna we're gonna adopt a pet. I mean, the, yeah, okay, we can adopt the pet, sure. Yeah. And the pet's gonna have a laugh track. The pet can have a laugh track. Every time it... Excellent. Yeah, makes it sound it, it's not just laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other things say, say meow or bark, this one just 
laugh track. Uh, but we're adopting a choo choo from a choo choo rescue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we will have our uh, personal stories episode. It will be, I guess, our season premiere for season three, and then we'll see what happens from there. I know we had a poll for an episode a while back, but we'll have to wait and see once we've uh, discussed and scheduled some stuff. But just uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter uh, or email us. Um, both should be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thanks uh, to you two for joining me. But Tyler, I'm too lazy to look at the show notes. What are, what's our email? Oh, uh, it is... Uh, Zenochatpodcast at gmail.com Okay, I'm too lazy to do that. What's our Twitter? <laughs> our Twitter is uh, at Zeno underscore chat, but Zeno is spelled with a Z because the X was taken. Okay, now I'm not too lazy for those. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for asking. Alright, well, thanks for joining me, and um, thanks listeners for um, sticking with us for two years. It's kind of Weird to say that, but we've been around for two years now. Yep. Hopefully we'll be able to do this for the third season. Yeah. Heck yeah. Alright. Well, yeah, thank you guys. And and hopefully our next year won't be, like, we won't be during doing this during a plague. That would be nice. Yeah, that, that would be very nice. Yeah, I want to do another, like, another Katsukon or another get-together of some kind in person. Another meetup, like even a small meetup at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's like we all meet each other, we all become better friends, and we can't see each other. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, wild time. Nice fun. It was very lucky. Very lucky, though. It was very fortunate, yes. Alright, well, have a good night, everybody. Good night. Save the game? <laughs> Do we have to say something? It's like, quick, say the first thing on your, on your mind. Uh, uh, don't say penis, don't say penis, don't say penis. Fuck! <laughs> I'm glad you're trying to give us more bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> nice.